Welcome to Down by the Bank, episode 22. This is Corey. Hey guys, what's up? It's Derek. We are here today recording middle of the week after the Jaguars loss leading into the next game this coming Sunday against the Bills. Um, you know, just I guess to quickly touch on it, what are your thoughts on the on the Jags uh, Lions game? Man, it seems like everyone is reading from the same script, same movie, culture, culture, culture. Gus Bradley doesn't have what it takes. We know these things already, okay? We know these. Just like we know Blake Bortles can't throw right now or just has lost that, whatever it may be. We got to think of or look at something else besides just culture. We already know that, okay? Five, six, seven, eight, nine articles and things, different publications about the word culture. Culture is almost like becoming the word practice, it's like yeah. Alan Allison. Um, that loss stunk, stunk big time. Chris Ivory shouldn't be our number one receiver. Uh, Bortles and the turnovers, eh, getting used to it not by now. Right. Um, that's, it, that's, it, the, that's the thing at this point in the season, though, like we were talking about before we started recording, is it's almost kind of repetitive to the point where there's almost not enough to talk about. And the biggest thing, in my opinion, it's not just, you know, you can say culture, but there there's other words. Culture is very big. It's very broad. It's like passion. Like there are all the memes about people making fun of Jalen Ramsey because he was crying. You know why he's crying? Because he's a winner. He's not used to losing. Right. That's why he was crying. Oh, well, so what? He's still getting paid. He's still collecting a check, and he's still doing what he loves to do, and that's play football. He's just a little bit upset right now because he knows they're not winning ball games, And he knows deep down inside he has what it takes. He knows deep down inside the players on that team has what it takes. But there are some guys that just don't believe that. And that's passion. Another thing is habits. Bad habits. There's a lot of bad habits on that team. Bortles motion. Okay, we talked about it 50 times. It's a bad habit. Cinderic March jumping offside. Hey, he might have done that on purpose just to get rid of Gus Bradley. We don't know because that's how stupid it looked. That's a bad <laughs> habit. Yeah. Just habits, man. Yeah, I mean... I don't know. The Sanderis Mark thing's kind of like a little uh, conspiracy theory-ish, but um, I guess at this point, I don't know. He just never struck me as the type of guy that would do anything like that, but he did seem kind of indifferent to it when they kept showing him on the sidelines, you know. One thing I'll tell you is I definitely never got the feeling watching Jalen Ramsey upset in in any way that I feel like I needed to make fun of him or laugh about it. I mean, I just took it the same way you did as, as a guy that's passionate and really cares a lot. And even my wife was watching with me and she was feeling sorry for him. So it kind of amazes me that people were making fun of him about that. I mean, there is certainly a segment of Jaguars fans who suck. You know, um, just, they just like to, you know, they're trying to, they're, I call them Twitter tough guys, you know, they get on Twitter and they they run and pop off at the mouth. But then um, I bet you if they saw him out in public, they wouldn't say that. Yeah. If they did, they'd probably catch a butt kicking. Um, <laughs> they'd be but, asking for an autograph or something. Yeah, I asked them, well, hey, man, let me get your autograph. And then once after the game, you suck, man. Yeah. <laughs> you were fantasy week. Uh, like, what are you doing playing the Jags in fantasy anyway? <laughs> <laughs> 
that's all that's all you. You you know who the quarterback is. We you know, we've already been through this. Right. Um but no that, I don't want to go over stats or anything with the, the, the Lions. We should have won that game. We had them beat. The defense played great, okay, not just good. They played great because Matt Stafford is a gamer, and he was struggling, okay? Mm-hmm. he could. There were some things on there he couldn't figure out. Telvin Smith was all over the field. Ramsey gave up a couple catches, but they were like drag routes and pick plays and and, and, and all those things. Point is, they, they just – it was terrible um, the way the offense played. I'll tell you this, though. You know, this new OC, he keeps running the ball 23 times. Under Olsen, we would have given up. They would have given up on the running game. But with with Hackett, with yeah. Oh, man. He keeps running the ball. He keeps setting the expectation that that's what he has to do. And that's a that's a sign of a good coach, in my opinion. So yeah, we lost the game. Yeah, we didn't get any, you know, uh, I you know didn't have many rushing yards, but they at least still tried. They kept it honest. They made an effort to run the football. Um, I don't know if you agree with this or not, but to me, is it almost like Denard Robinson's the better one-two punch to Chris Ivory than TJ Yeldon is? I mean, doesn't it seem like his you know style of play is is almost a better contrast? I mean, he, I know he didn't have that many carries, but I don't know. It just seemed like a much more effective uh, back and forth. Yeah, but when you look at it from a whole, as far as the position, uh, yeah, Denard Robinson's probably a little bit more explosive as far as speed and cutting ability. Right, but. Denard Robinson can't block. Although he did block, I did see a couple times where he picked up on some blocks. He did pretty good. He, he kind of went in there and held his own, you know. And that might be something that he's trying to work on. But at the end of the day, he hasn't done it consistently. This is probably only the first game, so they got to look at it more, more closely, and, and see. But yeah, you know, he may be a better compliment to Chris Ivory style. You might be, you know, onto something with that, but is he a better back than TJ Yeldon? No. In my opinion, he's not. So. Yeah. What about, um, one thing I meant to ask you, cause I saw a Reddit thread on this, um, earlier today talking about Alan Hearns and sort of his decrease in production. Do you attribute that strictly to Marquise Lee breaking out? Do you attribute it to Bortles not playing as well? Or do you think there is a, a regression with him that maybe last year was kind of a above average season for him? Um, Cause he has had a lot of drops. He's had some drops and historically, even at his days at Miami when he was in college, the hands weren't the surest of hands. But also, Bortles has missed him a lot. There have been a lot of busted coverages um, where he's uh, he's he's missed uh, the ball, or, or Bortles has missed throwing uh, Hearns the ball. Also, a lot of Hearns is – it's almost like either he makes a, a difficult catch or the easy ones he can't make. There's no in between. Like he's open, he catches the ball, he gets the first down. Yeah, everything's always you know spectacular with, with Hearns, and, and I mean that not every play, but it's just the kind of I guess player that he has become. Mm-hmm. Um, I really don't think you can gauge either of the Allens 
or, you know, Marquise Lee, although Marquise Lee is playing better, he's definitely showing some flashes of brilliance um, and, and getting out there and making some plays, going up and fighting for the football at five foot 11. You know, they've been throwing them jump balls, and I've been wondering why the heck they keep doing that with a 5'11 receiver. But, you know, he went up and got one. I mean, Detroit's defense isn't worth anything. Uh, but, you know, that's just – it is what it is. And they need to uh, really look at that because they definitely have a lot of uh, a lot of talent at that position, and they're going to need to do some things, you know, come the offseason. I mean, I know Hearn's already got his contract, but – Robinson and, 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 and Lee, does that hurt them? Do they go elsewhere? You know? Right. Yeah. I don't know. It's, just, just something I saw because of the fact that, um, you know, the thing about the offense struggling this season is you don't really know what exactly, whether it's been the, the, the style of offense, whether it's been, like you said, lack of running game, whether it's just been Bortles, you know, I, it was just an interesting question because he actually had some, uh, some stats up there in terms of other receivers in Jack's history, like Mike Sims Walker and other guys, Cecil Shorts, who had breakout years and then kind of never put up the same numbers again. And so <clears throat> you just look at his projections for this year and then you wonder if, uh, Maybe he got that contract a little early, considering Robinson didn't get his yet. I mean, yeah, and that could have something to do with it. It's historically known that players play a little bit harder, and then when they get their contract, they kind of take a step back. You know, not all players, but a good percentage of players in the league do that. Um, you know, another thing to stick out about Detroit too, real quick, Corey. Uh, Detroit runs a four three. Remember, I told you he does pretty good against four threes and three fours. He struggles against. Mm-hmm. Bortles does. Right. So uh, Buffalo's a three-four, by the way. So yeah, we're in trouble. Uh, <laughs> Why do you think that is? Why do you think he struggles generally? Just because the three-four's got more people playing around at the line of scrimmage, mm-hmm. uh, as opposed to the four-three. Three-four, you basically have five people on the line of scrimmage, usually in base defense, and then in nickel, it can get it can get kind of crazy too with the five-two. Where your outside linebackers become ends, you keep one tackle in, or maybe have one D in. And then you have your two linebackers, which are usually middle linebackers, mm-hmm. or you can uh, take a middle linebacker out and drop an extra safety and nickel. You know, they, f- the the three four is definitely a more complicated defense um, because of all the the number of positions on the field. Because your outside linebackers are typically your edge rushers, whereas a three four or or the four three, your defensive ends are your edge rushers. Yeah, what does that so, say about Blake though? I mean, that's not good. <laughs> that's not good at all. Um, San Diego's defense is trash, and they pretty much kept him confused, and, and they run a 3-4. Um, I'm really I, I'm really curious if I should just go back to every game and just see, okay, what did he do against this team that ran a 3-4 versus this team that runs a 4-3, and see how he did statistically over the last two years. Right. And historically, like, how did they, how did the game flow go? Not just statistically, I should say, because you get some garbage time stats regardless of the team, but how did the game historically go against teams that run a 4-3 versus teams that run a 3-4? Yeah, I'm trying to see if, I was trying to see if Pro Football Reference had a stat like that on there and their split stats, but I don't see any based on the type of defense. That would be interesting. I bet that's out there somewhere. You can find those kind of stats. And then as far as, you know, we're going to beat the drum, beating the dead horse, whatever you want to call it, with with Gus Bradley and quote-unquote culture. I like to call it habits. 
you know, this, I'm going to change the sport here for a second. Uh, basketball. Um, Phil Jackson didn't build those Bulls and those Lakers teams. When he got there, those players were already there. He just knew how to get the maximum ability out of them. Mm-hmm. You talk about, oh, but he can motivate. Yeah, for a short period of time, he basically motivated 2 million people and then believing that the Jags would have a decent team this season. Did he not? Right. So we obviously see he's a great motivator, but that's only for a short period of time. He doesn't know how to get the maximum ability out of players to uh, to get better at their craft. And 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 he he kind of, it's kind of like I guess you can say the Phil Jackson effect because the the two coaches, uh, one for the Bulls and one for the Lakers, uh, Doug Collins and Dell Harris, they couldn't coach. You know they, they 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 were okay, but they they couldn't do anything. Right. They couldn't get they couldn't get to the ultimate you know goal. Phil Jackson came in and did that. That should speak volumes. You know. Um. To, to what type of a uh, coach he, coach he was. Although his Knicks stink right now, but that, that's a whole nother story. My point is. Except Porzingis. Yeah. <laughs> but my, but my, my point is, um, he doesn't get in their head. That's all there is to it. You know, the culture and all that, the, the X's and O's and all that, you can throw that out the window. He just, he just doesn't give, get their max ability. So. I've said it for four or five weeks. I'm going to keep on saying it. He's got to go. Hopefully he goes. If there's any, if he's not fired like the hour after the last game of the season or by some miracle, they make the playoffs, which they we got a better chance <laughs> of going and hitting a scratch off or a, so the Powerball. So, yeah. Yeah. That's not going to happen. <laughs> yeah. I like the optimism though. Yeah. Yeah. So getting in your players heads, man, getting them, like those habits that Bortles, if he was with a, a, a really good coach, I mean, look at Mike Malarkey up in Tennessee. Look, look at, uh, look at Mariota. He is on it. He was a spread quarterback that couldn't take a snap on the center to save his life. He is turning into a professional football player. He's turning into a good NFL quarterback. Right. So different type of person, you know, Bortles, you know, he's kind of chill or whatever, you know, uh, whatever, you know, uh, some plays we got to get better. Yeah. <laughs> Just no, no energy, no passion. And another thing too, do you notice when the defense, they're together, they, when they make plays, they're slapping each other, they're giving each other high fives. They're looking, you know, trying to get each other motivated. You know, on offense, don't none of them jokers do that except for the receivers. Hmm. Yeah, I haven't really paid attention to it. Yeah, the receivers will give each other high fives, but the O line, like they don't never look back to Bortles to make you know do nothing. And then he's over there sitting on the bench by himself. Hmm. They have no unity whatsoever. So we can chalk this other uh, this next game coming up with Buffalo, back to back road games against a team that's trying to get a playoff spot. Uh, they better hope LaShawn McCoy's not playing because he's back to his old self and his old tricks again. If he's playing, they're going to, you know, the Bills are just going to wear us down with the running game. They're going to tear us up. Tyrod Taylor, what did they say? And Tyrod, we trust. Yeah, they're going to trust that he's going to tear us up too. <laughs> well, that's the thing, though, is our biggest strength, he said, was the defense. So I don't know. Is there a chance that we might be able to compete against them or no? 
not when they know that the quarterback's fragile. If they knock him around early and get them to turn the ball over and put the defense in bad situations, they're just going to wear the defense down. It doesn't matter how good your defense is. You wear the defense down, you got him. It becomes it becomes a, a, a crap show in the third and fourth quarter. Yeah. Rex no Ryan. Sp- well, Rex Ryan said we're the best two-win team he's ever seen, so I don't know. Man, he needs to go back to bad acting and, and uh, weight loss programs. Um, oh, the the um, I've never had any respect for either Ryan Rex or Rob. Really? Uh, Why is that? I just don't like either one of them. They're just uh, you know, they're just they're just characters in my opinion. Their dad, they're, they're off of a name because their dad built the famous forty six defense for the Chicago Bears. Okay. Hmm. So, you know, that's what they're they're living off of. His um, conference call with the reporters is pretty interesting because I read the transcript from it and he gets pretty like off the cuff on a lot of the comments he makes. Like yeah. you know, Doug Marone, he's like, Yeah, I hope he's miserable when he comes up here and like you know, different stuff like that that you just I don't know. I if I were a head coach I'd probably hold my tongue a little bit when I'm talking to reporters. No, not them. They're crazy. And then it fits the fans, man. They don't call them the Bills Mafia for nothing. Them jokers are crazy. You know, they they do some crazy Google it. Okay, they do some crazy, crazy stuff in the parking lot and in the stadium. Yeah, I've seen some uh, videos. <laughs> I've seen some videos on YouTube. And stuff, so. um, I guess there's. I guess when there's not that much up there to do in Buffalo, New York, you know, uh, yeah, uh, improvise. But you know, they got a. They, they run the three four. They got a stout defense. They got a really good offensive line. Receivers, I think, are kind of banged up. Um, you might see a Percy Harvin sighting. I heard he's back taking snaps again. He might be getting on the field more. Uh, it's so weird, like just hearing his name feels like he's been in like exile or something. Yeah, he hasn't done much of anything yet, but who knows? He could have a breakout game against us. Uh, their secondary is very good. Um, they, they got some pretty good corners back there. One of them being an FSU guy, Darby. Uh, but they they, they 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 grind games out. They know how to win football games, and their quarterback has a cannon for an arm, and he's mobile. So Telvin, if he gets, you know, we're gonna have to have Telvin on his A game to try and catch up, catch him because okay, right now if it's posing him one on one, it's gonna be a whiff. Right, Tyrod's gonna take off running. So what? Um, and not to kind of dwell, I guess, because I Julius Thomas, I guess, was uh, out of practice um, today because I guess he's, you know, I don't know if he, how bad he's injured, but he didn't practice. Um. Man, if it, like, after the last podcast that we had, we kind of chatted about him just briefly to see him in that last game. Are they, like, what is his, like, is he just not, are they not using him right? Or is he, cause some of the passes that he'll catch, he'll catch, like, you know, right past the line of scrimmage on, like, third down and six and then fall down two yards. You know what I mean? Like, it just seems like it's just so bizarre watching him out there. Um, so obviously he's known because he played with Peyton Manning before Peyton Manning hurt his arm. So he was able to, in those couple of years with the Broncos, really take advantage of teams in the red zone. But Peyton Manning historically has always done well with tight ends. You know, his tight ends and teams he's played for, uh, have always done well. So it's, uh, it, it, it's really, 
you know, it's really the relationship between the quarterback and the tight end. Um, I'm pretty sure when I went to the, uh, me and my wife went to the Florida Forum last year and he was there speaking and he mentioned a Jaguars, uh, assistant. I don't know if he's an assistant or just a team rep or something. And I think it's a former tight end for the Colts, you know. Uh, there's another tight end. I can't gosh his name slipping off the tip of my tongue. Um, he wore the number 44, if I recall. For uh, the Broncos? No, for the Colts. For the Colts? Oh, um, Dallas, uh, Dallas Clark. Yeah, Dallas Clark. Dallas Clark. Okay. Yeah, you know, and Dallas Clark had a lot of touchdown passes. The reason why Julius Thomas stuck out so much because Manning broke the TD record that year, the Tom Brady's TD record. Mm-hmm. So, and I think Julius Thomas caught that. But then Peyton Manning knew how to use him. Basically, it was never about Julius Thomas really understanding and knowing the X's and O's of football, which I'm not saying he doesn't. I don't know that. But what we do know is Peyton Manning did. And all Peyton Manning was basically like, look, man, just. Run here, go about 10, 12 yards, turn, and the ball's going to be right there. There's going to be nobody near you. Mm. So that's, that we did know Peyton Manning did have that ability. So you never know. We could have, you know, overpaid, um, something, uh, for something. Prosser talked about it, uh, on 1010. And, uh, you know, although I think he's very silly, he actually had a point, you know. We we got the shiny toy and paid a lot of money for it, and, and it turned out the toy is not worth too much, if, especially if you don't know how to use them. Right. I mean, so, it just seems like that was a whiff for a free agent signing, and I don't know if it's injuries or what it is, but like if you look at his 2016, 2015, um, you know, yards per game from Denver the last year in Denver to Jacksonville is pretty similar. Receptions per game is pretty similar. In fact, 2016, his last season and 2014, both seasons he had 3.3 receptions per game. Yet in Denver, he had, you know, double the yards and 12 touchdowns. So to me, it just seems like he has to be underutilized because I, I just can't imagine he looked this irrelevant in Denver. You know, I never watched that many Denver games, but he just looks so irrelevant in the games. Yeah. And, and we don't know. Um, you know, he's what in his fifth year in the league. So, uh, another thing is to, you know, defenses are really tight on us right now because, um, the yards, you know, yards per catch are down for each receiver. Mm-hmm. And, you know, except for Marquise Lee, but that doesn't really count for him this season, doesn't count because this right, is his first right. season. He's putting up legit stats. <laughs> but, um, I guess I'm just trying to say, like, was that a whiff? Because I feel like two seasons in, we would have seen some some inkling of like his similar production in Denver, especially last year of all years. Well, here's the deal: is he a whiff, or was Bortles a whiff? Yeah, that's the tough part. <laughs> but that's <laughs> yeah. the thing. Well, that's the thing, though. Is last year? I mean, I don't know. I just feel like it's. I don't know if I can give up on Bortles yet just because of the fact that 35 touchdowns thing, I know that like you people can say garbage time and all that kind of stuff, but 30, I feel like you have to be good to at least put that many touchdowns up in, a, in an NFL season, right? I mean, that, that's not too fluky, right? Um, like for example, like this, yes season, and no. 
this season, for example, like he has what, like 18 touchdown passes this season so far. Um, wasn't like the Jaguars record for like the longest time, like between 20 and like 22 or something for, you know, that he blew out of the water last season. Um, you know, Jaguar standards. I mean, he's still throwing quite a few touchdown passes. Okay. All right. So if that's the case and he's still throwing quite a few touchdown passes, and even if they are in garbage time, this, I think, proves the point even more about him and his extracurricular activities, whether if he's going out at the beaches or he's got some buddies that are bringing the party back to his house. Who knows? Then that means he is halfing or half you-know-whatting. Half-behinding? No, there's another word I want. I really want to say right now, but we're not going to say it. But it does, and it's not behinding, like rear-ending. Half, you know what? If that's really the case, and he's got that much ability, but he just doesn't care, and he's halfing, then he needs to go. Hmm. He needs to go. You don't go because why are you going to half it and just not care? You know, you, you say you care, you don't care what the media says, you don't care what the fans say. And I hope that really is the case. I hope Mortals doesn't give two craps about you, me, or any other publication out there as far as podcasts, any other radio shows. I hope he does not care. And he shouldn't care. But if he is really not giving full effort, and he's just like, whatever, you know, I throw 30 touchdown passes. Imagine if you actually cared. You could probably throw 40. Right. You know? Um and not and throw half the interceptions you did. Yeah. So it, it really that really that would really concern me if that if that's the case, if he just was like whatever, you know, if that was really the case. I think sometimes he just kinda just loses mental focus because of the, the coaching that's around him. Now we'll find out when we get a new coach because if he still puts up the same numbers then we and does the same things then we know for a fact that he is the problem. Right, and that's the thing. I I really want an offensive minded head coach just to kind of be able to see all these guys that you know Hearns and Julius Thomas and Bortles like with a legitimate offensive coach just to see what happens because I, I don't know. I just maybe it's just a gut feeling, but I still feel like there's a lot of potential with a lot of these guys, and they're just being completely underutilized. There's a there's a lot of potential with them. There's there's a, a ton of potential, but what can you do when you have uh, Sinderic marks jumping off sides, <laughs> um, Bortles throwing ducks. Blocking's not right. Blocking's been terrible. Parnell giving up like eight or nine sacks or something crazy like that. Consistently gets consistently gets blown up on the side on in the edge on the right side. Um, you know, Bortles stays on the hot seat. You know, he's basically sitting on the devil's chair in that hot seat. Um, no leadership. You know, Puss trying to step up. No one listens to him. Sadie's Lewis supposed to be a leader. I think he's he's on IR now. Something happened to him. Yeah, he's done. So there, there's no, there hasn't been any leadership. Telvin's probably trying to be a leader. I bet she's speaking like he used to at FSU. He's probably trying to get up there and 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 rally the team. The problem is if he's trying to rally the team and trying to be behind the coach, half the team's not behind the coach. Right. So you know he's not. It's not like he's wasting his time. 
but the other players just don't believe in what the you know they don't they're not drinking the Kool Aid. Yeah. Meanwhile, everybody makes fun of Jalen Ramsey for caring too much. Apparently, that just makes no yeah. sense to me. I mean, that makes zero sense. In fact, that really kind of won me over with him more so than ever. Uh, seeing that on the sidelines. Yeah. And it's just, it's a shame that people took that and went the complete, <laughs> like, complete wrong direction with it as opposed to seeing it for what it was. You just wait till we get a real coach in here. There, if there's a, if there's some behind the scenes for a coach that's going on, whether if it's an offensive coordinator or a coach that's out of coaching right now, if there's some behind the scenes things going on and that person sees that player on the team that he could possibly coach like, wow, look at that. That's what I'm talking about. That's what I need right there. I can't wait to get my hands on, you know, that guy to have him play on my team so we can, you know, go out there and make some things happen. It, it, that's what that's what a real coach would do. Um, you know, not, oh, we're, we're competing and we're, we're getting better every day, uh, you, you know. Um, feel like you're in kindergarten with that stuff. Yeah, even though I think I think he's kind of let up a little bit. Like I think somebody had tweeted today. One of the I don't know if he was like a um, Buffalo writer or something that Bradley was kind of giving crap to the guys. Like you know something along the lines of like you know they asked him about the hot seat and he's like, well I don't hear any negativity except when I talk to you people or something like that. So I think maybe he's even breaking a little bit. And you saw that play when Marks came off the field. It looked like he was yelling at him. I don't think I've ever seen him do that once in his entire tenure here. Yeah. The um You remember that? You saw him yeah. yelling at him? <laughs> it, it it just It's falling apart. Yeah. It's been falling apart, man. The wheels are off the bus. He just needs to go. You know, I know they're looking at things statistically. You know, they got the statistician, they got Tony Khan doing the numbers and things, and when a coach takes over and gets head coach gets fired, the interim takes over, the team still historically doesn't do well. But it doesn't matter in this case. We're still losing. Yeah, we're already doing yeah. that. <laughs> okay. You can't, still... There's not like a, a worse than than losing, you know? <laughs> yeah. He's like squints on Sandlot. He's an L weenie, you know. Oscar Myers, even, you know, sorry for the Sandlot reference, but I saw that movie on today and it just, when I saw that loser part, I'm like, man, that's Gus Bradley right there, man. He just, just yeah. can't put it together. So. And, and side note, last thing, and we'll kind of wrap up. I saw one of the memes. It was like on Twitter or whatever. And it's a picture of Blake Bortles with his hat off and he's like leaning his head down and you can see like his like the balding that he has going on Told you. and the and the, <laughs> and the caption says Bortles is so stressed out he's looking like Manu Ginobili <laughs> wow y'all need to leave Manu alone man that man's got rings and gold medals so we can't pick on Manu <laughs> well, I think he just shaved it all off right he yeah he up, just I took think. it off yeah, yeah. Yeah, Bortles yeah. is probably gonna have to do that. I mean, that's crazy. He's young. There's all, man, LeBron's been balding since he was 25, man. But he's not really balding. It's just like his hairline's like weird, right? It's a LeBron. lot of hats. They wear so many, so many hats and things. And, um, you know, he's gotta, you know, he talks about he's carefree or whatever, but he's balding for, you know, either it's hereditary or he's stretched out. Who knows? But, <laughs> man, I'd be stressed out if my team was two and eight. <laughs> I know I, think, I would be. 
Yeah, well, no, I think he had that hair issue ever since we drafted him. I mean, not that it matters. I don't really care about this, to be honest with you. I just thought it was funny. Well, he need to grow um, some more hair so we can get some Ws. That's what it's about. That's what we need is wins. Yeah, yeah. Yep, that'll do it. Grow some hair out, get some of that just for men, and uh, we'll be able to turn it around. <laughs> um, all right, well, do you have any final thoughts, or are we pretty much? Um, We're pretty much done. I- I'll tell you this. I don't think uh... – uh, I don't know about that Bills game, especially if there's some weather involved. <laughs> it's, it's been it's been it's been snowing up there in the north and northeast. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. That could be another ugly one. See, the Lions we had a chance because that's in a dome and their defense stinks. This defense doesn't stink, and they will grind. Yeah, Jags historically struggled this this tenure of Jags these last three or four years. Against teams that grind it out, meaning they'll run the football until you just basically give up. And then as soon as you think that they're going to run the football, they come over top with the pass. Hit, hit, run before pass. Um, <laughs> so it could get ugly. It could get real ugly. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll see how it turns out. I don't know. I'm not too, too optimistic, but that's, uh, what this season's become. So, yep. uh, yay. Yeah. So, uh, but anyway, so this has been the podcast today. Uh, you know, definitely be sure to give us a rating and review on iTunes. We had a couple new ones recently. We definitely appreciate that. Uh, of course, we're on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, and Stitcher. Um, if there's any other podcast providers that you guys want, please let us know and we'll wrap the 50 other ones that are out there, but those seem to be the top four popular ones. So I appreciate you guys reaching out and, um, of course, like us on Facebook and Twitter. And, uh, I think that's pretty much it for today. So we'll talk to you guys later. All right, guys, have a good one. It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m., and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com.